Welcome to the last uh, Sprockies episode for 2020. Our look back at film and screen. Uh, screen is probably not a good way to refer to television. How would I refer to television? Carly! Um, limited series. Okay, sure. Thanks. Michael! Hi. You're here too. Hello. I am here too. Yeah. We're back. One more time. And I had said, we have to do this before February or else my brain is going to split in <laughs> half. And here we are at the last minute, at the last possible it. moment in January of 2021. Hey, we're meeting our deadlines. Let's do it. Um, we're going to compile our canonical list of canonical 10 movies. I didn't say top 10 this time. Canonical films of 2020. Here's the rules. We just made a list. And we're going to go and compile a long list, and then we are each going to have a free pick to put on our final smushed down, boiled down, 10 movie list of 2020. Michael, what is a canonical film, and why should I care? <laughs> a canonical film, I would describe is a film as a film that in some way, shape, or form encompasses a lot of what happened in the year prior, really captured the zeitgeist maybe, or maybe it was just a really good movie standing out in this year for whatever reason. Um, it's kind of very loose uh, because canonizing is a very, very subjective process anyway, but mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. the idea being that if you look at these 10 movies, you'd get a sense as to well, what did 2020 look like other than, mm. the, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> all the other things that look like. Michael, that was an excellent description. I'm going to cut and paste that anytime we need to uh, describe what canonical means. Oh, perfect. Cool. Carly, you did a great job, too. Oh. Okay, so let's now go through... Um, we have some manner of list that we've each made individually, and we're just going to make a list of about sounds like 25 to 30 movies, <laughs> and then we will go from there. So, Carly, please, mm -hmm. what is your first film? Happy Season. Okay. Very good. Very good. Michael, what would you like to add to this list? Uh, I would like to add The Five Bloods. Very good. I'm going to add Boys Tate. Ooh. I also had Boys Tate and okay. written as Boys Tate. <laughs> okay. Very good. Mm. <laughs> What's your next one, Car? Uh, Borat 2. Very good. Oh, good. Michael? Uh, feels Good Man. That was my next film, so I will go on to Host. Ooh. Carly. Tenet. Nice, dude. Thank you. Michael's sad. That's okay, though, Michael. We'll cut it in the first round. What was your next film? First Cow. First Cow. Okay. I had Mank. Ooh, I also had Mank. I somehow didn't. Oh, no, I do have Mank. Very good. What's up next, Car? Uh, shit house. Nice. Uh, should we have a disclaimer for language? Because my <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like how you wrote that with just a bunch of little. That's what the poster looks like. 
I'm still in here. Bad idea. Okay. <laughs> it's like a Kathy comic. Ack. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what's your next movie pick? Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Of course. Mm. Okay. I had never rarely. Oop, sometimes. Whoop. Always. Carly. Queen's Gambit. Mm. <laughs> Michael, I didn't mean anything by that noise. Michael, uh, yes, you do. You liar. I know, but it came off as really mean, and I didn't mean it that way. I'm not passing judgment. Uh, you can pass judgment on this one. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Very good. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Carly. Tuck, your audio keeps dipping, and I don't know if that's just on my end. But um, It might be because I'm smashing my keyboard to type in all these fun movies. It looks good on my end. Can you hear me, Car? Yes. Okay, we're good. Okay. Um, so I had Portrait of Lady on Fire, and rarely, sometimes, always in Mank. But my first original one, then, is Lover's <laughs> Rock. Okay. Michael! I am actually out. Okay. Okay. So me and Kyra are just playing tennis now with I our movie so. picks. Um, I had Sound of Metal. Carly! So I had Sound of Metal. I'm thinking of anything's host first Cowboys Tate. My <laughs> only one left is I May Destroy You. Okay. Does that mean that I get to add more then yeah of course okay um how many have i done one two three four five six seven right okay i also had azekin now i had the crudes two a new age and I had Tenet, but uh since that is not on there i will or it is on there i will go on to my first uh Extra pick, which would be, of course, Greyhound, starring Tom <laughs> as a retired Navy officer. Did you actually end up watching Greyhound? I feel like I've asked this exact question I did. Because you were the only person I know who watched Greyhound. My dad also watched it two oh, times. Okay. How does um, it like compare to Tom Hanks doing war things or being on boats? You know, it's my Not first experience. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Ooh. Um, let's go through our long list then. Car, could you maybe read it since it has a swear word in it? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Happy season. Wait, or we could uh, do a void buddies situation where we come up with an alternate name that we all agree upon. Crap house. Crap Shout house. house. Got it. <laughs> oh. house. Take her away, Car. Happiest Season, The Five Bloods, Boys Tate, <laughs> Borat 2, Feels Good Man, Host, Tenet, First Cow, Mank, Mank. Shit House, <gasps> Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm -hmm. Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, mm -hmm. Queen's Gambit, mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, mm -hmm. I'm Thinking of Ending Things, okay. Lovers Rock, okay. Sound of Metal, I may destroy you, Azokin. 
Is that right? Sure. Croods 2, A New Age, and Greyhound. Yes. Mm. And now for the most uh, funnest part of this whole thing. Uh, Carly, which one are you locking in as a free pick? I may destroy you. Done. Done. Let's, let's, uh, let's hear it, lady. Oh, is this my uh, moment? This is, <laughs> yep. Sell me on this amazing... <laughs> Thing. I feel like I've like waxed on and on about I May Destroy You at many opportunities, but basically, sure. yeah, that's it's a limited series. Very exciting. I was included this year. Um, created by uh, Michaela Cole. She, I believe, directed, acted, wrote. Um, and it is like one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. And it's... Um, extremely uh it's, it speaks to our time in a really incredible way just like showing so many facets of uh the what it's like to live in the world we live in specifically in terms of like uh the way that relationships now function the way that like politics plays into our lives um social media and also just like explores the uh the way that people deal with trauma um in the most both the most empathetic way possible and the most like critical way possible um i think i've said before like one of my favorite things is no character in the show is off the hook like everyone's actions are so deeply examined um and people are so deeply flawed, even when they're our protagonist. Um, and it's so meaningful to like, just see something that feels so real because you are allowed to, um, yeah, you're allowed to think critically about how people behave um, and still like feel such a deep love for them. And it's just a masterpiece. It looks incredible. All of the acting is incredible. Um, it's a story I've never seen about, people i've never seen um yeah i love it so much and i think again i've said this before but i think if everyone watched this and like thought about it the world would be a better place sort of thing wow mm. yeah i love it so so much okay this is the first time hearing of it but it sounds pretty good it's so good it's like i, I mean like i don't want to do this because it's such a reductive thing but it is like a good way to explain it just in the way of i think like cultural consciousness about it a lot of people have uh, compared it to Fleabag in that both it's like a, um, a singular vision uh, by a woman, I guess, in the UK. Um, and just, I think, like really captured a lot of people this year. And like, yeah, let us all know about Michaela Cole. And she's been creating amazing things, which I wasn't aware of before I watched this. Um, and I think she's going to continue creating amazing things. A really fascinating, incredible person. Jeez. Yeah. It's so good. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael. <laughs> Michael, you go. But Michael. So Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm joking. Um, my, I was going to pick uh, The Five Bloods. Um, oh. I know. Bit of a, a left feel oh. maybe oh. but uh the reason give me a moment here 
Okay. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to pick the Five Bloods is because I think it's to begin with this sort of flawed piece, but at the same time, the way it takes, I think, a lot of very the way it recontextualizes the Vietnam War for the black experience, I think is very much needed and also very much a, uh, how do I want to put this? It came, the, the year it came in, it feels very relevant in a way that I don't think even Spike Lee really would have predicted when he was sitting down to make this because there are lines thrown out in this movie about police brutality and things like that that feel that felt so much more current when this came out this summer um i think that the five bloods by in a lot of ways by being able to recontextualize the vietnam war in terms of its black uh, black soldiers experiences and often using very specific like vietnam war era iconography I mean, there are these flashback sequences that are shot very much to look like Apocalypse Now may have looked, um, and actually very explicit references to Apocalypse Now throughout this movie. Um, And but the 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 fact that it's recast or not recast, but that it's framed as as a story about black soldiers, I think, is really important because it's it's a story that doesn't really come out. I mean, when we talk about Vietnam War in film, a lot of times it's going to be things like. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, um, coincidentally, the both with Sheens in them, but like these, this like very, uh, like, like very much white soldiers' experiences. Despite the fact that black soldiers accounted for maybe a third of the soldiers that were actually fighting in the war for the United States military, um, and in that you also get all these other touchstones to like the civil rights movement. Uh, they make a I think they do a really Spike Lee does a really strong like really good job with this moment where uh Vietnamese radio announces Martin Luther King Jr's death and suddenly it's or assassination and suddenly there's this question of why are we fighting this war for when we're dying over in the states um and it's like this really strong moment you get these really strong performances particularly from Delroy Lindo as Paul who is this this uh, veteran who's kind of very much scarred by his experiences during the war, and also from Chadwick Boseman in one of his last roles. And with all of that, you get this kind of like conversation about the Black experience in America beyond just the Vietnam War, um, particularly through Delroy Lindo, who is also this very like MAGA-heavy guy. Like he is a Trump supporter to a T, Um it's just it's just like this there are these very powerful moments i think that really touch on something that only i think spike lee really could have done as a filmmaker and it especially felt very vital in 2020 when we're actually having really these conversations about race in a way that we hadn't before um all of that said i think it's also kind of a flawed movie and i think it's worth talking about those flaws and that it's still another movie where the vietnamese experience is sort of sidelined aggressively to nothing more than these bit players we've always seen before um your your tourist guides your uh your nameless vietnamese soldiers your uh your your mistress in saigon kind of thing um 
and it really there are even like moments that don't even feel like they're they're actually things that would happen in vietnam like conversations around my Lai or the my Lai massacre or this very uh this weird interaction where it, like where a tradesman tries to force forcibly sell a chicken to someone it's just this hmm. weird like that like that wouldn't happen there are these old they make a point of showing like these old Viet Cong veterans and like an upscale club in saigon that also really felt out of place and things like that it, it still very much does a disservice to the vietnamese experience in the war and just vietnam in general but as far as like this a bit, way to both reframe these like these these very classic images of the Vietnam War is an American experience, but through black voices and through the black experience. And on top of that, be able to connect that all the way to 2020 with all of these different it, it ways that like it, it also just contextualized the black experience in America at a time when that's a conversation and a voice that was very much needed to be had. Um, and mixing that, you get all these other like Spike Lee-isms. Like it goes, it's it's a very vibrant piece. It's going all over the place. It's psychedelic in some ways. It's It's he's clipping in different historic facts and photos and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's messy in a lot of ways, but at the same time, this very unique film. And it just, I think it's, it's such a work to talk about. And I, I really think it stood out this year and is really worth, especially given, you know, the conversations around race we had in 2020 that really we hadn't had before. So we're at a scale we hadn't had before. No. It's also so like it it was the first one of these this year where it was like a major director releasing a movie straight to his streaming service and it just like lands in your hands and it's so easy for things to disappear in that way like I think there's another movie on our list that had that same thing um but yeah it's incredible and like I only got around to watching it a month or two ago um yeah and it it was everything you just said, Michael. I like the way that he splices in, um, yeah, real moments, like real photos and videos and stuff. Like that was a, one of the tougher parts to me. Just like it's so different to see people portray acts of violence, and then it's such a different thing to like actually see um, historical footage of that happening. Like, I I was horrified by just being presented with that at various points in the movie. Um, it just... It, it, I don't know how to explain Like, I just didn't feel like I... I didn't know it was coming. And it was, like, absolutely horrifying. And I know that was the function. Um, but it kind of felt... It felt like I was just like being surprised in a way that I was super uncomfortable with at certain points. Um, but again, I think that might be the function of it. Yeah. Like there's one moment, I think, using that kind of technique in particular that stood out. And it was the the uh, when when they have Hanoi Hannah announce uh, to to uh, the Bloods that uh, or just to just in general over the radio that Martin Luther King Jr. had been shot. And then it goes through this like montage of all of these photos of the, the, the riots that followed yeah, kind of being cut over the, the cast sort of reaction to that. It just, it, yeah, it, it like, it showed, it really juxtaposed that, that kind of like experience. Like, why are you slumming it here when your brothers are being shot out in Newark and Chicago? Yeah. 
and he used real footage from those riots and protests and yeah and cut that in with like chat like with like reactions from the main cast and who were all really strong and were able to sell it i think even though it was definitely more like i definitely felt it 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 was it was uh delroy and chadwick kind of stealing the show but the whole cat the cast as a whole was able to kind of sell those visceral reactions to these very real things that spike lee's just throwing at you yeah, I think the one other person that's worth a full like call out is Jonathan Majors, who plays Delroy's son, mm-hmm. who just yeah. does like a, an outstanding job and yeah, has to stand up to a lot of these like older actors who are maybe like given more room to flesh out. But yeah, there's some absolutely heartbreaking scenes with him that I thought he was incredible in. Yeah, definitely. The uh one is just he also has this like weird role of being like the odd one out, yeah, which kind of gives you an outsider's view, I guess, in a way, but also to have to kind of be like this, this, the in a way showing how generational these experiences could be, how he doesn't just because he wasn't in Vietnam with the Bloods doesn't mean he didn't have some kind of experience because of that by being by having to deal with Delroy Lindo's character and the scars Delroy Lindo's character Paul carried out of the war. Yeah, I think it works really well. Like, he's the closest, I think, that the audience has as an in, yeah. where it's like, a, yeah, just the extent that he has to deal with and understand his dad um, is extremely troubling, and I think his perspective is so valuable. Um, yeah. yeah, a really incredible performance. I have to agree. <laughs> Just kidding, I haven't seen this movie, but you guys mm. seem to like it a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Five Bloods. Joins I May Destroy You on our list of 10 canonical films. Should we add a third? We should. I'm so excited for this. Mm. Um, Don't be. <laughs> uh I, uh, for the second year in a row, I'm going to add a bad movie to this list, (laughs) but maybe not the one you're expecting because the thing I realized is these movies I really want on this list, but I want to fight for them. You know, I want to talk about them. I want to defend them. So I'm going to add a movie. I don't think you guys would put on here, which is I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, weird. Um, I I kind of hate this movie. I'm going to, uh, (laughs) Um, but it's maybe the movie I've thought about the most this year. Like I was, I watched it and I understood it and I was bored by it and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, you did that. Don't do that. Charlie Kaufman. Um, but me at every Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But, uh, I will think about them in the car, in the snowstorm, like daily still. Like I just and not like to any great extent, I'm not like puzzling out those scenes. It's just such a specific mood that this movie kind of situates in that uh, felt like 2020 to me. And I don't think that was the intention. We're saying that a lot, I think, with all these movies where some of them hit at 2020 without being able to know that beforehand. And I think. We're recognizing that and awarding that 
And I want to do that with I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is a movie about see that he he he's the janitor you see yeah <laughs> and girls girls are confusing especially if they're not real mm. and then they dance at the end and that's okay uh that's <laughs> that's my pick <laughs> i'm thinking of ending things a very good looking movie that i hated and which talked to me anyways you know? I wouldn't have argued for this to be on the top 10, but I'm glad it is. Oh, like it, thank you. Kyle. Yeah, like I I think I'm maybe the most positive on this movie out of the three of us. Yeah. Which feels weird because I'm not like super high on it. Right. But it is <laughs> one of the most like energized I felt while watching a movie during 2020. We're like, okay. I remember um in those early scenes in the car it just i was so excited to see something where i had no idea where it was going i had no yeah. idea what type of movie i was watching and it was also like i knew i knew that a bunch of people were going to all be watching this at the same time and talking about it and it yeah. was just like a very fun and slightly annoying week of conversation on like film Twitter. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. And I know a bunch of people who watched it and it's just a fun thing to talk about. I think it's a very strange common ground because it's mm -hmm. this impossible to watch, you know, two and a half hour long movie about nothing that actively hates the viewer or something. <laughs> uh, but it touched a nerve, I guess, where a bunch of people watched it for some reason. Because people like Charlie Kaufman for some reason. Like, they keep coming back to him. I, I think wouldn't. it's also, like, built to be a take machine. Because it's, like, <laughs> the <laughs> easiest, like, takeaway is that Charlie Kaufman doesn't get women at all. And it stinks that he keeps <laughs> making yeah. movies where women, like, basically uh. don't exist. Because instead they're, like fake fairy tale imaginary women right um and like that is a worthy and true thing that i think is <laughs> happening um but then there's also like 50 other takes that can come with it and i think that's kind of fun yeah and it's not made so poorly that that's like the end of it you know what i mean no i think it's very well made it's just yeah antagonistic mm -hmm. and i kind of like that doggo go burr yeah you sure yeah, does dog machine go so burr cute. um <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's, I yes. think, visually probably one of the stronger movies of the year, too, for what that is worth. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think stuff, I think images like the two cramped in this little car while a snowstorm's happening and they're in the middle of like a rural highway in the middle of nowhere is a pretty strong image. I think the the uh, the diner or the drive drive-in diner or whatever it is cast against like the darkness and snowstorm is also yeah. a really striking image and then i still think the the dancing sequence at the end is one of the most beautifully filmed moments of the year yeah yeah it uh it captures that midwestern vibe really well in a way like that a most mid movies don't yeah yeah like a midwestern nightmare in a way right mm. where it's like this just goes on forever and there's nothing yeah. in it except <laughs> us and we hate each other, and we're stuck in this car, and we're going to the ice cream shop. And Jesse Buckley rocks. He does, yeah. Yeah. She. Hmm? Main oh. lady and Jesse Plemons. They both rock, okay. but I think she's I'm really sorry. incredible. I got my Jessies mixed up. I was thinking of <laughs> Jesse from Vice. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, all right. So now we need to start whittling 
because we have to have seven more films. Oh, mm. gosh. What's the best way to approach? Mm. Well, I, I could... can get rid of some. Okay. I was going to say, I don't see this list leaving without never, rarely, sometimes, always on it. That's true. If we want to lock one in. I think that is easy. I think that is an easy pick, and I agree with it. So, <laughs> Not to step on your toes, car. Is there something you want to cut first? No, I think like it makes sense to move or never really, sometimes, always. Like I think okay. based on our earlier conversations, we all like that movie very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's, uh, you know. Nope. <laughs> What's there to even say? The chicken's great. Um, <laughs> Sharon Van Etten. Sharon Van Etten. The second Sharon Van Etten movie, or the second. Why are you guys movie. saying Sharon Van Etten? Stop doing that. Why are you, Why are you doing that? Are you activating me? <laughs> What's Sharon Van Etten? She's the mom. Oh. And she's an indie uh, songwriter who made yeah. the credit song for this film and one other film on this list. Boys oh, Tale. Really? Uh, she did, I believe, the Crudes credit song too? for Feels Good Man. Oh. Oh, oh that's really? awesome. Yeah. That's a nice sequence. Mm. Uh, hmm. But she didn't do the soundtrack because Julia Holter did the soundtrack. And Julia Holter's way better than Sharon Van Etten, but oh, that's not the conversation we're having. So. <laughs> did Julia, wait, Julia Holter did that? Really? Freaking yeah, she did, Michael, because I listen to it on Spotify all the time. That's kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of like, what? like warm drone. Yeah. 45 second long song with, you know, cryptic title. Anyway, never I love art. Sometimes. <laughs> cool art is my favorite thing, Michael. And we're here to celebrate <laughs> it. We love never, rarely, sometimes, always. Is there anything you guys would like to say as we put it on the list? We ascend it. It is it is amongst the gods now. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's just kind of the best. Okay. It's like crazy because they're like in New York. It's like, whoa, I wouldn't want to be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it does make New York feel like hell. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's what I imagine the uh, Uncut Gem Brother movies look like or feel like, oh. having not seen them. Very different. Uh, I feel like, I guess, Good Time is sort of on that same wavelength, but Uncut Gems is a different type of hell, I think. Sure. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, canonical movies. Especially given, seen. like, the contrast between that and... Like it has that that feeling of of the city being kind of constricting after leaving like a small town in the Midwest. Sure, sure. That yeah. having experienced that is is yeah <laughs> that part of it. None of the other the rest of the movie I have not experienced as I'm no I have not. But yeah. but that yeah. that <laughs> sense of going from like a small town conservative uh, midwestern evil town. Evil's a strong word, but <laughs> okay. definitely like where it can feel constricting in a way. And then you go to the city and suddenly it's like a whole different kind of constricting and insanity and 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 horrifying, but or not horrifying, but scary. Yeah. That chicken. It's also like they're so naive that it, like they should be more worried, probably. 
Yeah. But I think it's a combination of, like, they don't know what to be on edge about. And, I mean, they're just exhausted. And there's a million things already going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an exhausted movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, yeah, they have no choice. They're, like, two teenagers in New York. And there's, like, they don't see any. There maybe isn't any other option. And they certainly, like, don't feel as if there's any other option. Right. Yeah. Okay. Never rarely. Sometimes always. Cara, what were you going to cut? Um, shit house slash crap house. Oh, okay. I don't see that making it. Okay. Um, but it's a really nice movie. Like, I really like this movie a lot. It's a coming of age, which I love. <laughs> um, I think about like a really interesting type of character um, where it's just like this young man who um is good and like will grow up to be a good person and it's just like having a really rough first year of college yeah uh partially because he's too like close with his family which i think is a really interesting um yeah just sort of perspective on freshman year like normally it's i i don't often see that as a driver of like conflict in people's lives um and i think it like is really um well explored and like very sweet and gentle um and just has like a lot of good walk and talk scenes between and this is another um like written uh, directed and acted uh by one person things i think the guy's name is cooper rafe he was like 22 when he made this which is incredible um and there's a bunch of really good walk and talks between him and dylan galula who is a young actress i really like um and I think, like, aside from me just really liking it, I think one of the reasons it sort of makes sense on in the conversation of canon is, like, I've heard the take that this worked maybe better as a at-home release than it would have in theaters. Hmm. Um, okay. Just because it's, like, not a ton happens. It's not, like, a crazy movie in any way. It's just, like, well-made um good vibes yeah. <laughs> like yeah like you don't need to see this in a theater and if you did see in a theater you might have the feeling of like why did i pay 10 bucks and sure. like do this instead of seeing something else um but by just having it accessible at home yeah i think you can just like kind of mellow into it and it's a really lovely experience um and i think it's always fun when there's like a new person on the scene and this young man is clearly like extremely uh talented and i'm excited to see what he does next dude yeah me too i guess <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i'll watch this one first so car i promise okay someday <laughs> okay crap house yeah do you think the title is good um i don't think like I just feel like there's so few people who probably watch this regardless that I don't sure. think it made an impact either way. <laughs> That's the right answer, Car. Yeah. That seems right to me. Yeah, I think okay. so. Can I force an issue? Can I force a mm-hmm. conversation? Is Tenet part of this list? I think it has to be. I really don't <laughs> think we cannot do it. <laughs> Michael! <It's> so- <laughs> It's I'm like the, the most Nolan movie the on the list. It's like if you took all of Nolan's worst traits and gave him a a, a multi-million dollar budget to just like what's the word I want to use? There's a word I want to use. It's a for bonanza. It. 
That's the word I would use. uh, It's indulgent. It sure is. In the worst ways. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't like, like this is, it's Nolan doing all of my least favorite Nolan things all at Mm. once, except that it also sometimes sounds good and looks good. Um, maybe we come back to town time because I think it should be on this list, but mm. that's just one man's opinion. You can over, you guys can overrule me. No, no, it, no, no. I, no. I, I would rather if we can I work feel... out, you know, ten movies we all think should be on this list. That would feel better to me than ten it sticking out like a sore thumb. And you know, no, I mean, again, I'm I'm willing to be overruled on this. I just I I don't like Tenet. I, really I think the like, like necessary part of the tenant conversation is just that like it is the most 2020 thing that happened in movies. Like not because yeah. it's about anything that has to do with our current state of the world or anyone's <laughs> world ever. Sunscreen on a boat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But because yeah, it drove the entire movie conversation for months and months and months. And yeah. because Nolan and Warner Brothers decided to release it. Uh, we have a completely different perspective on what's going on with movie theaters and everything than we would have if they didn't. Sure. Yeah. If, okay. Yeah. It but was everything I... we talked about for like four months, which is insane. <laughs> it's true. But yeah. then I think we opened the door for like, why isn't Wonder Woman on this list as the, mm. the catalyst for the HBO thing? Why isn't Sonic it's going fair. to be on this list? Because it's the last big movie <laughs> event when theaters were open in the country. <laughs> These are fair questions, Michael. It's just, I just I feel like we're opening the door for I don't know. I just I let's if we if for some reason we have nine movies and we can't figure out ten, maybe we talk <laughs> about tenet at that point. For now, no, let's maybe I, I think we can I, I if you want to include tenet on this list, I think that's fair. It just I I was just getting the temperature in the room because okay. I don't okay. want to make that call hot. quite yet. It is quite okay. hot in here. It's humid. It's muggy, I would say. Okay. I'm going to put some sunscreen on on my mm. boat. And oops, there's sunscreen on the boat. Let's come oh, back look. to tan. The boat's not going to be. Did you like draw a little shape on it, though? So that when the boat gets tan, it has that like. Aww. It's yeah. like, oh, it says, hi, mom. But, then, but on the deck of the boat. My Pen froze because the time backwards friction. I love the time backwards. So does it say mom E? Mommy. Michael, what movie yeah. would you like to talk about? Uh, I want to ask Sonic the Hedgehog. I kind of okay. put it on here partially as a joke and also because I think it's it stands out in case. my mind as this like last thing I saw when movie going to movie theaters was a thing you did. Sure. Before the first shutdowns, kind of nixed mm. movie theaters as a as a as an experience you have, right? Because there've been kind of like weird partial reopenings in the mid midtime. Uh, the people for some reason went to see Tenant in movie theaters in the middle of the summer. Right. Um, uh, I know people who rented out theater space to see Wonder Woman in theaters, and so Yikes. it's not like it's the I know. Yikes! But it's not like the it's but like the last time a movie dropped and it felt like in a movie theater going experience, it was Sonic the Hedgehog for me, and it was this kind of thing where where all right, I'm I'm going to see a <laughs> kids movie this. by myself. I'm I'm here. Let's just let this happen. But there was like this. <laughs> 
it was just kind of fun to see to to have that as like a communal experience though because you had kids who were there with their parents who either ironically or sincerely loved this stupid hedgehog series and you have people cheering when tails pops up at the end spoiler alert or when when Sonic makes some kind of reference to the games about or liking chili dogs or when <laughs> someone holds up the Sanic meme. It just it was a fun you know yeah. in its own way, it was like this fun experience that I miss with yeah. the clo- with theaters closing. And so I, I, I kind of threw it out there just to both have that kind of talk and also just to to be a bug because I think it's funny that this is one of the highest grossing movies of the year. Sure. It felt like an event still. So yeah, it helps that it's not a terrible movie. Also, yeah, yeah, it's it's somehow one of the better video game based yeah. movies out there. Not that that's like a hard wall to clear, but right, right. That's still. not. A, yeah, it's not really saying much, but it, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a complete disaster, and that's good. Yeah, exactly. Jim Carrey could have been so you. much worse. It could have been so much worse, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's off the list michael it's gone it's red yep we're yep. not considering it anymore car i don't think happiest season should be on our list of 10 movies Aww. i'm attacking you personally now <laughs> you put you're gonna sit there and tell me happiest season is one of the times i'm over there no we're not doing top 10 brothers. that's one of the top 11 movies on the air that's what you're uh. sitting there and telling me right now happiest season really Here's I don't think Happy Season will end up there, but here's the argument for Happy Season to end okay, up hit, there. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Charming movie, fun time. <laughs> oh my god! Yep. And mm. I yes. think it's like a, it was a big moment in a really cool way, where like a lot of people watched it, people talked about it for an extremely long time, mostly because everyone thinks that uh, Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza should have ended up together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that, like, a movie about a lesbian couple was so seemingly, like, just widely accepted by the public. I think that's, like, very, very nice. And I think it was super well made. And I think, like, the cast was super fun. Um, And it's really nice to be able to add a movie that I like to the um, holiday movie catalog. Um, Sure. yeah. Yeah. But it's more, uh, yeah. And memes. We got the Aubrey Plaza meme. Mm-hmm. More like Kristen Stewart being <laughs> sad as season. Yeah. Poor uh, case, too. Yeah, I really don't like how that movie wrapped up at all or played out for most of it, I guess. It. So I think there's a lot to be said about. And Carly, I think you kind of touched on this, how how it's how here this it's this movie about a lesbian couple and people just were okay with that for the most part as it came out i think there was you get a bit of i think there was a bit of a culture war response in certain parts of the internet but there's always a culture war response to everything on the internet so who gives a shit um <laughs> but like there's 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 this other part of it that i think is worth mentioning and that's this there's this this plot point of uh I can't think of the actor's name. Who who's uh Kristen Stewart's uh I guess fiance in this case. I Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, where her where Mackenzie Davis's character has to come out to her family. And I think that's something that's going to probably be new to a lot of people who watch movies and or uh new new to members of the audience, kind of seeing that 
what kind of experience that can be for some people and how hard that can be. And having that as like the central plot point to this, this otherwise this, this attempt at like a, at a, at a, at a holiday comedy kind of thing, I think was worth mentioning. Um, it's also like making Kristen Stewart sad for half of this movie, mm. if not two thirds, if not three fourths of this movie. And it just wasn't fun to watch, but yeah, that was my problem with it. It's just like, how many bad things can happen? Like, it's not, uh, <laughs> people called it cozy. I don't think it was cozy. It was like nerve wracking. It was like, Oh, everything is spiraling out of control constantly. in yeah. this like kind of, uh, like, it's not a good situation at all in any way. And there's always this threat that it could get worse. And then it, that threat's always there, but it's also getting worse in all these other ways. I just didn't, it, it, it's not that enjoyable to me to watch. This. I fast forwarded through a part of it because I was so uncomfortable with, yeah. with how bad things were like how it, out of control it clearly was for Kristen Stewart's <laughs> character. Right. It just made me uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, they like do a very good job of depicting. Like, I, I think there's always weird stuff whenever you're surrounded by someone else's family. Like, yeah. you're just having to deal with all of their weird crap. Um, but obviously, this one is like a million times more stressful because of the circumstances. I think they do it well. I think it is fair also that like in a movie that's supposed to be like a decently cheery holiday movie, you're spending a lot of time uh, feeling stressed or sad. Yeah. I do think, I know, Tuck, we slightly disagreed about this when we talked hmm. about it, but I think uh, Mary Holland, who plays Jane, is like very good comic relief. I think she's very funny. Uh, I, uh, I don't disagree with that. I just think she's playing a stock character type that is not a, like that you would not put in a good movie usually. Oh, I don't think that's fair. I really think that character is very good. I think okay. her like a fantasy series is very cute and like a fun little quirk and i think like her i love the part where everything's kind of coming to a head and they're all telling their secrets and she's like i don't have a secret but i'm an ally i think that's really good (laughs) okay fine let's put it on the list no no we don't have to put it on the list but i do think like it's it's exciting to get a holiday movie that's not like one of the weird netflix christmas prints or whatever um (laughs) And it was cool to see a holiday movie be something else. Like, I saw so many tweets that were like, uh, I'm watching Happy Season with my parents, and I never thought that would be a thing that would happen sort of thing. And I think that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. But not cool to us. We got rid of it. Bye, K-Stu. Bye, Aubrey. Um, Speaking of which, I'm going to cut Crudes 2 and Greyhound. Is anybody going to fight me on this? (laughs) No, you're good. I want to hear, what what do you think of Greyhound, Ducker? I like it. Okay. It's uh it's just it's not at all what I expected. It's not schmaltzy, it's not uh like it's not really even trying to tell it doesn't have like a a motive behind it. It's just here's a couple days of realistic naval warfare happening. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And it's 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 a fun scenario that's happening. Um, not to describe actual warfare that people went through as fun, but it's fun to watch Tom Hanks on this naval ship trying to escort all these ships across the ocean and they're being hounded by these German subs and stuff. And it's just it's a good setup. And it's just like, here's what here's how this played. out. It's like, yeah. all right, awesome. 
because I can see that being like a hard film to sell to people. really sell or write even because yeah. so much of it's going to be waiting for yep for things to happen <laughs> yep it sure is or it's like oh crap the windows are freezing because it's cold and then they like have to deal with that issue but i i didn't expect that aspect mm-hmm. of it so i was like wait into it okay have you ever uh seen tom hanks do the world war ii thing before or mm-hmm. do the ship captain thing before Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, i will tell you that both of those <laughs> movies exist and they're both pretty good <laughs> okay that's not where I thought that was going. Uh, I will keep that in mind, Michael, as I am a Tom Hanks apologist. What's the World back. War II one? Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, duh. Yeah, okay. And Captain uh, Phillips. I think they're both really good movies. Yeah. Nice. What about a Croods 2? Uh, Croods 2. Is that a really good movie? Maybe not, but it was my favorite cartoon of the year, so that's why I put it on the list. <laughs> How Nick Cage does Nick Cage. In, uh, that's pretty good. I think yeah, everybody does a pretty good job, honestly. That's good. And uh, Croods 2, A New Age. Um, just really fun, goofy movie. I I liked it. It's not an extremely goofy movie. It's just <laughs> a goofy movie. Uh, I got nothing else to say about Croods 2. It's good. Let's move on. We have 11 movies still on, or limited event series, on this list. And we need to get down to six. So we need to <laughs> cut five. I have a proposed, I think we can all agree one, maybe. Okay. Uh, to move over onto the list, mm-hmm. which is host. Mm. Mm. I completely agree with you, Carly. I over... can think of, mm? I think I would, there are so many other movies on this list I would move over before host. Really? Like Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Tenet. I would probably mm. put Tenet before I put host on this list. Whoa. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Because at the end of the day, Host is just another horror movie. But the I think only- it's the, maybe the, it's definitely the first and still only in my mind, like a quarantine movie that makes sense and is cool. Uh, Borat 2 is staring right at oh, us. Oh, that's true. I th- <laughs> <laughs> that feels like in a different, like it certainly is about the pandemic in some ways, but it's also like... It, <laughs> an insane everything (laughs) movie i don't know (laughs) in a lot of ways but yeah yeah. no no i know what you mean i know what you mean i wouldn't i guess i wouldn't fight it but i probably would not put host on the list just because at the end of the day with the exception of the the uh the the quarantine trappings it's another just just another horror movie i I can't say that because i think it's a good horror movie holy cow how how what what about it makes it any different from like a good conjuring oh my god michael what are you even saying (laughs) seriously what about it stands out and makes it any what about it makes it like what what's the what's the the standout here the acting the effects work the fact that it's an hour long instead of three hours long like all the conjuring movies are the fact that it probably feels like it has the same budget as a Conjuring movie, except it probably had like one one thousandth the budget of a Conjuring movie. I think Host yeah. is incredible. I, th- I you're 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 out of line, sir. <laughs> You've no, heard I mean, my you feelings. You can overrule me if you want. I think they're. I'm I, just, I don't see it as anything more than a competent horror movie, dude. Like a my, yeah, I guess I don't know. I 
the oh, the use of like face filters as a horror device, dude, that alone puts it at least amongst the top seven movies of the year, if not higher. But I digress. I'm- We'll come no, back. again, over, we'll come you back. can overrule me. Seriously, overrule me. <laughs> I don't want to because First Cow is waiting in the wings. <laughs> we have to have that conversation. I don't want to force any issues because then First Cow is going to be forced as an issue. But let's yeah. not talk about First Cow quite yet. I just, I don't know. I don't feel strongly about it being a good movie. I, like, I don't, I didn't come away from host thinking I saw something... <laughs> like, like if it wasn't for the the yeah. sort of like the the part of it where we're in a, they're in a Zoom meeting or a Zoom seance because it's COVID nineteen happening, yeah. to me it would just be another horror movie, a good horror movie, but just another horror movie. I I still don't even agree with that, but you know, it's okay. So, okay. but I seriously overrule me. I'm not going to. I have to, other Michael. videos to throw out here too. So we have I'm to probably... make these all yellow first and then we can fight. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Um, I guess, can I ask you guys, like, is there anything on here that you guys feel we might all agree on? Um, I would, I really like Feels Good Man and I think it's relevant and I think it's a great movie. I think so too. I'm a, I own it. Like, okay, yeah. I'm making I, that is, yellow. No, this is good. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do rapid fire. Okay. On um, feels good, man, or the rest of the list. The rest of the list. Do we all okay. think Boys Tate should be on this list? Yeah, I'd say. Oh gosh, it's so hard. How many slots do we have left? We have a lot of slots left. Um, this <laughs> feels like either Boys Tate or Feels Good Man to me. I don't think they both go on. I would okay. pick Feels Good Man before I picked Boy State. I would pick both of them, but I would also pick Feels Good Man before Boy State, which feels crazy because I think Boy State is definitely one of these 10 movies, but that doesn't seem like the general consensus. But uh, No, I think you're right. I think they both get at some. Can we can we break the rules and put them non together? Can we do what to who? Can we break the rules and have a slot that says Boy State and Feels Good? No, man? no, that that is like some because <laughs> I feel like we're getting at the exact same thing here. Mm-mm. This 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 attempt to try to describe I can't U.S. politics in the this year is... in the years 2016 to 2020, where we have to talk about fear mongering, where we have to talk about lying to people to make them feel like victims or we have to talk about fucking memes embodying reality in the form of a united states president and how both of these kind of diagnose these things in ways other movies other newscasters other writers have all struggled doing in the past four years if you look up like senate rules there will be like a wikipedia article where it's like on January 31st, Michael attempted to uh, attach a rider to another film and get two films <laughs> added at the same time, but he was shut down by Tucker, the host. This is me trying to pass things in reconciliation. This is my pork barrel. We can't, Michael. We can't. That opens a door that we could never shut again, where it's like, well, Portrait of a Lady on Fire and First Cow are, are both pretty movies, so I think mm, we could maybe add both of them at the same time. <laughs> He saw can't through do my ruse. No, <laughs> he saw through the ruse. We can't. He saw we through can't. the long game. Uh, I'm gonna make. 
<laughs> okay. I would well, also be in the camp though, where I think both of them maybe belong on the other side of this, but. What, what was the feels good man vibe? Was there someone who was against it being on there? Was it you, Carly? I think I might be. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to make it yellow. These are all yellow. What about Borat 2? Borat 2 is a yellow to me because it's a red to me. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's fine. We don't we're not we're not in the we're not in the the pit yet. We're just kind of getting we're trying I think to find another movie that we all agree on to add. So right now we're just taking the temperature. To okay. me Borat 2 would not be on this list of 10 movies. Borat 2 would be one of my sacrificial lambs, but if I was making this list at home it would be there. Okay. Because we can my get God. rid of Borat too. I I love it and I think it's funny. Um and does I mean it was like there's a lot going on in there. And like we got the Rudy Giuliani moment, which is insane. Um but I yeah, I don't think it makes it onto the list at this point. Okay, but to throw mm. this out there, what about the mm. uh CPAC moment? Mm. The uh, uh the uh, family planning clinic moment, <laughs> yeah. the Republican women's club moment. You guys are like in this fantasy realm where it's like, isn't it crazy that this actually happened? It's a movie. They wrote it. It was like people performing. No, it wasn't though. Mm. So much of that was were mm. these characters in front of real people. Yeah, they actually had to have an ambulance come by to. To to sneak them out of the uh, the the protest rally because people realized it was Sasha Baron Cohen doing a bit. Well, that yeah, obviously, but I just mean like we're gonna sit you down in front of cameras and talk to this you know film character everyone knows. I don't know you guys. I want to live in your world where this is like this crazy documentary that happened, and it's not like we did weird editing tricks to make this Rudy Giuliani thing look worse than it actually was. I want to live in your world. Well, yeah, they are taking it as far as they can with what they have, but also Rudy Giuliani, even before he the, was adjusting like, his pants. Okay, okay he was just, yeah, he was just okay. reaching into his third pocket. Eyes slander. Eyes yeah. slander. So even before that, the way that he is talking to her is insane and so creepy yeah. and mm-hmm. awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the moment in the synagogue apparently was very much him walking into a synagogue dressed like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah that was... And did they have Fun. like a multiple hour long conversation or something like? A, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the family of one of the two women in the synagogue was not happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna make it yellow. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the moment at CPAC actually had like an ABC story attached because it really happened. And, oh, that's and like, pe- like there was a reporting of someone crashing CPAC during Mike Pence's speech like that and no one knew what it was they thought it was just a protester but no it turned out it was yeah. a Sasha Baron Cohen movie and the like I mean <laughs> there's some like very grounded <laughs> moments in this insane like the babysitter stuff is really crazy and like apparently that also was like the woman ended up feeling pretty betrayed by it and uh, what is it Maria Baklova yeah is that right um yeah like uh, tried to go to links to like repair that after um they made the movie because yeah it (laughs) it was such like an emotional thing that one person believed was real and i think it's like that's one of the strong points of the movie right is that like it's not just a bunch of bits there's some like real heart to it which is nice the uh 
apparently the the lady who was teaching like the whole the whole debutante's ball moment mm-hmm. was supposed to be they they had been told it was like a, a coming of age movie or something <laughs> okay. to that effect you guys are just oh reading God. imdb trivia back and yeah, forth yeah. at each other let's no, move on like, it's, it's crazy it. it's so yeah. crazy yeah and that's I one just... of my favorite mo- like it's still i don't know i was just amazed at how funny i thought it was because like yeah, that dance, I couldn't stop laughing. And, like, that doesn't normally feel like my type of humor, but they just got me. They absolutely mm. got me. Uh, <sighs> I got nothing yeah. on that. <laughs> can we put Portrait of a Lady on Fire on this list, you guys? Yes, yes we can. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Okay, good. Forward momentum. Is <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, uh, how are we feeling about Portrait of a Lady on Fire? It's the, I mean, it's my favorite movie i saw last year probably it's also like my sonic it feels like where that's the last big that's thing terrifying. i saw before <laughs> don't say that yeah. you might want to think about the phrasing there <laughs> just in the way that it's the this last big sonic. thing i saw before okay. i couldn't go to a movie theater for over a year okay um and it was very special and i love it a lot it's my favorite movie from from last year hmm. and i thought it was Aww. really really beautiful so it's not my favorite, but I'm not one in this fight. So here it is. Portrait of a Lady <laughs> on Fire. Do you like slow movies? Yes. I love slow movies. Yay! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was good. <laughs> I just have to hate good movies because that's my role on this podcast. Um, should we have the Mank conversation? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm ready, Daddy. I like Mink. That's all. That's mm. yeah. Okay. There's a couple movies on this list that, like, I really like. Yeah, Mink included. That, like, yeah. I don't feel as. I feel like last year I felt so emotionally tied to a lot of these movies that I really wanted them to end up on the list. Yeah. And this year, it just feels like. There's like movies. good movies. Like, and and it was like just the movie experience was so different and informed by what's going on in the world that like that feels quite important where like I feel yeah I just feel like a lot of the movies that like actually speak to our times in a more direct way feel stronger to me than like Mank which okay has a lot to say I think but just like feels like it could have happened any year and doesn't feel tied to 2020 outside of the fact that it was released to Netflix and hmm. also feels like it disappeared uh, after the first week it was out. Hmm. It's one of the first movies I think of when I think of 2020 movies. Yeah. Um, just because we were looking forward to it and then it wasn't a tenet where it was like actually a good movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. we, I was looking forward <laughs> to this for a reason and it was good. Like that yeah. was a nice experience. To have. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was uh, like I was it held my attention, I think, better than any movie this year, Hmm. which is crazy because it's like this slow paced movie where people talk to each other mostly in black and white. And then it cuts again to him in bed drunk. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) But even despite all that, I was like fully on board with everything it was doing. So good soundtrack also. Yeah. Traticus. Traticus. Mm-hmm. 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 
I love how it was this movie about what people say is the best movie ever made, but it was also so, so cynical. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. very much enjoyed how it was this movie about the golden period of Hollywood or whatever. And it was just this very cynical take on how these are all a bunch of rich, ex- rich executives trying to pull fast ones on their audience and their employees. Cause you have the, the MGM studio head who's like, you guys are all my family and you're all taking pay cuts because it's the depression or whatever. Right. Um, the election night, everything around the election I thought was incredible. Um, and then Charles dance as, oh, uh, man was Whew. did fantastic as, uh, William Randolph Hearst. He did dude. That's great. The, I was just the organ grinders monkey. Have you ever heard the story of the organ grinders monkey? <laughs> I have now. I have now. Uh, so is that is Manka yellow? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I feel like we're not I'm pulling the trigger. Ambivalent about it. I don't know okay. where you guys are at. Well, what I'm curious, I guess the only one on here that I'm curious about that I don't know where it would land is Sound of Metal. Yeah. Because I feel like, Michael, you did not uh, fall in love with Sound of Metal, necessarily. I fell in love with it, and then I fell out of love with it by the end sure. of the movie. Sure, sure. So. That's fair, I think. It's very fair. Um, that's I feel kind of about Sound of Metal, the way, Car, you were talking about Mank, where it's like, this could have come out really anytime, but it was just a good movie type of thing. Which is not a knock against it for me, but uh, I'm also not like super... Uh, I don't feel that it needs to be on this list. I just think it should be. Yeah, like, it's just so, like, I love, love, love this movie so much. And if this was a movie of our 10 favorite movies of the year, I would fight so hard for it to be on there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this isn't what that list is. So I'm okay with it not being on the list, I guess is what Mm. I'm saying. Hmm. Hmm. It's like death of a thousand cuts going on here because I feel like <laughs> we're not cutting because we're not cutting these movies. But uh, we can cut Sound of Metal if you guys <sighs> are cool with cutting Sound of Metal, I guess. I really liked it, but it. I know. I like five other movies on this list more for this top mm-hmm. 10 list, I think. Not top 10 list, of course, but a canonical 10 list. Top. Yeah, I like I, I maybe my brain is just broken, but I keep kind of thinking about these in pairs. Like the other movie on this list that I feel very similarly about is First Cow, where like I love, love, love First Cow. I had such a strong reaction to it. I think it's a great movie. I don't like it, Yeah, I just feel no need for it to be on the list if this list is not mm. 10 favorite movies of the year. Michael, you forced this issue by picking to five bloods instead of First Cow. And now we have to talk <laughs> no, about First good. Cow. <laughs> It's all good because I'm also kind of in the same camp. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. It's is it one of my favorite movies of the year? Yeah. Do I think it's almost perfect? Yeah. Um, do I think cow cute? <laughs> yeah. But uh, cow so cute. Cow is a when it nuzzles the oh main character. Oh. Um, I love how much it owned its setting, and I kind of just love those. Like, I, I just, I just. I don't know, but I, I also don't see it necessarily being on this list. Mm-hmm. I think the it. one argu- or big argument for it to be on there, aside from, I think, just like the quality of it, is that it fits in that category of like a movie that a lot of people talked about and is like being talked about in the awards conversation because 
uh, of the way that 2020 rolled out. Like, I, it, Kelly Reichardt is well-known in the community she's well-known in, but this felt like an opportunity for a lot of people to learn about her movies, and that's cool. And I think could have only happened last year. Can you imagine a world where First Cow wins, like, Film of the Year, or Kelly Reichardt wins, like, Director of the Year, and then everyone goes to watch First Cow, and then Twitter is a buzz about how bored they are? <laughs> I well, I think, yeah i think the like terrible thing that's happening is or maybe this is just a narrative i'm building in my mind but it feels like people are just lumping first cow and nomadland into the same category mm, of like sure nice slow movie directed by a woman and like maybe we'll get one in there and at this point it's feeling like nomadland that's fine that's, by me <laughs> i think that sucks okay but- yeah. Maybe that's not what's happening, but that kind of feels yeah. like what's happening. It is now in my <sighs> brain that you've mentioned it. Um, okay, I'm going to do this, and let's just not look back. Just don't look at. Just don't look at this. <laughs> Here, uh, that's not how I thought that was going to go. But I mean, I really don't want it on there, so that's my my stake in this. But if you got, I was ready for you guys to come in like guns blazing on first count. I was going to be like, yeah, okay, I get it. You guys like this movie, but it. I'm not feeling the the love there like I expected. I guess. I mean, I can. I I can <laughs> I can go off. You want me to go off? <laughs> well, like, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it necessarily needing a place on this list. Yeah. Okay. I just okay. think it's a really beautiful movie. For a lot of ways, I think we've talked about, and I think Kelly Reichardt is a fantastic filmmaker for a lot of the reasons we've already talked about. So. And uh, that's all I'll say about that. I'll hold my <laughs> you <tongue>. stumbled <laughs> on your words so hard. <laughs> uh, Kara, I really didn't care for Queen's Gambit. How are we feeling? I know. And I feel like if I was talking to any other people, okay. Queen's Gambit would make it on this list. Okay. And for some reason, I have to be the Queen's Gambit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like you can't be the voice of reason because I'm being the voice of reason. No. I think like Queen's Gambit is incredible and it was also one of the it, it um feels similar to Happiest Season to me in that like just everyone kind of watched it in the same week yeah. and it was really really fun to talk about and everyone was talking about it and everyone was talking about the chess simps and Tanya <laughs> Taylor-Joy and the costumes <laughs> and chess and it was just incredibly fun and I think it's extremely well made with maybe the exception of the first episode. And very, very fun to see just like a limited series um, be so well executed and just drop for us all to watch. Uh, and we love our queen, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, yeah. Of it course. probably made Anya Taylor-Joy a, a uh, actor to watch down the road. Like, I feel like it was probably a breakout role for her. I think so. Like witch. in the popular consciousness, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No more witch. Se- no, no more Eggers indie Aww. slow burns. Oh, but yes, but just a Ron Howard slow burn. Just a Ron Howard slow burn. You mm. get out of here mm. with this! <laughs> oh my god! It is also like like talk. Our parents watch Queen's Gambit, and like I got to have fun talking to them about it, and sure. that didn't happen with like maybe anything else on Sonic this list you know what i mean yeah. like yeah i think it was just a beloved thing that existed in 2020 and that's really fun hmm. 
It sure led to a New Yorker article being uh, marketed to me for like months on end. <laughs> Which article? About uh, one saying Anya Taylor Joy was too hot to play the oh my the, god the chess lady, the, the a chess player or something. What brave like, you can't have a model that. playing this. Oh my uh, god! And that just kept showing up on all my social media feeds. I also remember chess simps being a thing. So, oh, you know, chess simps! I'm with so you on fun. the zeitgeist. Yeah, there's a like very very sweet moment to do with chess simps that like <laughs> just absolutely broke my heart in like a positive way and. It was an extremely please, joyful experience. Please stop saying chess simps. <laughs> so the chess simps are made stop. up of Dudley Dursley stop. and the kid from Love Actually and then some other people too. Please stop saying chess And so like together those are all the chess simps. <laughs> stop. <laughs> um, I feel like the last two unmarked uh, ones kind of cancel each other out on this list. Maybe. Yeah, uh, Lover's Rock is so incredible. Like I, that's the one out of the category of like um, things I responded really well to. That like it it feels like a disservice to just like be like, yeah, it's fine for it not to be on there. Like I don't know that it does end up on there, um, but I do kind of feel like if uh, no, that's not fair of me to say. Um, hmm. It's tough that I'm the only person who saw this, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think it is like an absolutely beautiful piece of filmmaking that also fits in the category of like, here's what interesting things we can have if we start to open the um, definition of what a movie is. Like, both in terms of just like the story that it tells, which is so, um, so non-traditional and so not plot focused, but also the fact that it was uh, dropped as a series of five movies on Amazon and it's made by Steve McQueen and that's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just, again, yeah. like in the category of Mank and what's the other one I mentioned? Oh, and The Five Bloods where it's just like, yeah, we have these incredible filmmakers. They're just putting things on platforms for us all to watch and that's crazy. Um, were, you, uh, were you able to check out any of the other small axe films? No, I'm going to watch um, is it Mangrove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other one that I've heard is very good. And that's on my list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. OK. Um, yeah, I, feel like I don't those know. Landed and they feel like they hurt the most from not having like a, a, a major release kind of hype around them. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is kind of also, I mean, his last movie that came out, Widows, I felt very similarly about where it was just like, this is an incredible movie that everyone seems to have forgotten about in two seconds. And that one did come out in theaters and had like a major marketing campaign behind it. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know what the luck is there, but. I think also with um, Small Axe, like the first two are supposedly like the really great ones. And then the last three maybe drop off a little bit. Um, And I don't know how much that helps where um, the conversation, because I think they were released week by week Mm -hmm. or something. So I don't know if the conversation just kind of like also died out in that way. The the uh, iconography and branding and all that stuff is terrible. Uh, it's also hard to explain, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it doesn't like as someone who doesn't know that much about the whole thing, I see those 
and they look like YouTube thumbnails or something. Like there's yeah. no, they do not draw in. And like, is this a series? Am I starting with the wrong one? Like yeah. they, it's a, it's a cool idea, I guess, but it doesn't lend itself well to surfacing that to, or like giving, serving that up to someone. It doesn't work. I don't think the way they did it anyway. Yeah. But, I also think like, I think it's a really cool step in, again, like opening the definition, but by doing that or like being one of the first big filmmakers to do something like this, they're coming up against all of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's going to the Emmys instead of the Oscars. And that feels insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just we aren't all just ready for like five sort of related movies uh, to drop well, as if they're TV shows. Yeah, you you could, I think, but I, maybe they learned some lessons from how this rolled out or something. Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because that's basically what Queen's Gambit is—is is like six short films, you know. But they're all related; like it's all yeah. one story. But they don't have like six different posters on Netflix that have like bad. Queen's Gambit text and a logo underneath like a still from the episode, you know, like they don't frame it that way. They could have done they could have packaged it all together or something in a way that. And this has nothing to do with, you know, the quality of the actual <laughs> thing we're talking about. It's just uh, that's why I I was so confused by it and never watched it because I just didn't understand what was going on there until we yeah. talked about it. So, yeah. So I don't know what to do about Lovers Rock. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's fair to for me to push um, on something that only I've seen. But I like it in the Carly heart of hearts of what the yeah. list is. It would be on there for me. I got no issue with it. Other than that, there's stuff on here I would want on there, maybe in its place, you know, like yeah. I don't have a problem with there being something on here that only one of us has seen if the if they care about it that much. You know, yeah. I am also in this camp. We can yellow it maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, like Azekin, I thought was, um, I don't want to short sell how much I enjoyed it or how much it gave me a new appreciation for anime mm. as someone who doesn't have, <laughs> but like I have these issues with anime and then, through the course of them making their anime in Azekin, it's like, oh, people aren't making bad decisions because they make bad decisions. There, this is a this is a business. This is something that has to be done. They have to trace over a photograph. They have to repeat frames. Like there's a like there. I feel like there's a whole episode of Azekin where they're just talking about how to cut down on the quality of the animation in order to get this thing out the door and it's a struggle and they show that struggle. And that made me kind of sit back and realize that, you know, <laughs> it's anime, but there's a lot more work going into even what I would, you know, at a glance say is like poorly made anime. And there's like this whole world of decision-making happening behind that. And it's obvious, you know, but it framed all that in a way that was really effective for me. And, uh, I also think it's just a fun anime to watch. But I also <laughs> agree with all of this. Okay. And but, uh, the yeah. added the added baggage of being someone who still watches anime in Woo. 2020 or I guess 2021 now. Woo. Um 
who who took it as like this love letter to which i feel like is the the lamest way to describe this thing but really as like a as a as a a love letter to anime in its most an animation in general in its most yeah. basic form and sort of how it can capture these three kids and two kids in particular i guess with the third one who's looking at it as like a money-making scheme and but she's uh, the best of the three she is the best <laughs> of the three but like it has that like it has that kind of like like it there it isn't it, it goes into like i guess ways you could be cynical about it as an industry but at the same time yeah. it doesn't have that cynicism right like it in, it, <laughs> it portrays it but it's not core to its being yeah or anything it's yeah. the anti-mink um <laughs> it's also just like really well made yes like the art style is yeah. fantastic the animation's yep. fantastic every Sound every character good. is fantastic theme song the easy breezy song yep. is wonderful yep yep so i it's i really really like it but yeah i don't think it fits maybe on the 10 but i think it's excellent yeah, I am with you 100% on that opinion. Okay, I'm going to make it red. Uh, okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and we need five. So we have to cut three of these yellow films. Well, okay, Janet, time to go. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's yeah, time we no. put okay. Tenet on the All right, all right. No, no, Tenet was, was, Tenet was my dog. I'll do it. Come on, lassie. <laughs> It's just shaking forever, though, Michael. You can't. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, I tenant. I didn't like tenant. Is the thing, and yeah, uh, I think there's arguments for it being on this list, but uh, it is just money. You know, it's just like the type of movie where it's just money burning for <laughs> two hours. You know what I mean? Like it's it's fun to see money burn, but it's not great filmmaking or anything so. and then that money burns in reverse <laughs> for another two hours it's cold ah, ooh. um no i just mean like i think this was kind of and we've talked about this this was the year where a lot of like smaller films came to prominence at least for us where we were paying more attention to them so it was just fun to see like no there's still movies though there's still film happening and it's like okay big stupid action movie sure Time goes backwards. It's fun. There's value in that for me. I agree. I think okay. it's crazy to not put it on the list. Honestly. Okay. I okay. Just, it's like it's the most. Yeah. It's the most that happened last year. It's okay. just like Tenet. I will never, ever, ever forget that Tenet came out in 2020. <laughs> it is just yeah. like. No, yeah, it was tied into everything. It's everything that yeah. happened last year. And like, it's so insane that like the amount of conversation and mm. like um, real life consequence <laughs> that went into this movie. That's just like decently dumb. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But what would you cut then, Car, instead? Um, I would cut a lot of things instead. Like Teddy, yeah. I think it's just it's. I'm not doing this because like I there's no bit going on here. Like I just yeah. think it's crazy to have like a list of canon from 2020 and for tenant to not be part of that canon. I I'm like half with you, but I don't know what I would cut. 
Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm... it's it's such a big, dumb action movie of a bunch of dumb sequences strung together by a plot that makes absolutely no sense, even by Christopher Nolan standards. Yeah. Like, as a movie, it's, yeah. it's cool sequences, and yeah. that's it. That's how I feel about Borat, though. Like, it's, it's like, huh, fun thing happens, and then... Yeah, like but the fun thing happens to real people. It doesn't, though. That's a lie. Julia- that's a Rudy Giuliani, as much as it doesn't seem like it is, in <laughs> fact, somehow a real human being. But I knew I knew so. he was evil. Like, it's it's like, oh, he's doing the Rudy Giuliani thing. I don't know. Like, his whole wow, movie wow, is... Wow. His whole life is Borat, too. Uh, I want all of these yellow movies on this list, so I'm paralyzed as far as this goes you know yeah should we okay like number one is it is it (laughs) fair to is the um statement i made fair that like it should be either boys tate or feels good man i disagree with that okay but i understand where you're coming from on that uh but i thought they were both excellent and timely and i think feels good man is the one I would choose, though, if forced to. I just think it's crazy not to have Boyce Tate also on this list. But yeah, I think I'm it would be much a crime to not have Feels Good Man on this list. I, <laughs> I think you guys would be illegal if that were to happen. I'm very much in this camp as well. I, to me, it would be weird for both of these not to be on the list. But well, I think... It, Sorry, go no, ahead, Michael. No, 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 no. What were you going to say, Doug? I don't want to cut you off. I, I was just going to say, I think off. we can cut sound to metal. I don't think the support is there. Yeah. I think we all, or <laughs> we all think at least some part of it is a good movie, but I don't think it has anybody like anybody's blood up to get it on this list. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling. I would feel weird about sound to metal being on the list. Okay. I think Maybe that's... more so than Tenet. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it red then. That, that okay. works for me. So, so we need to cut two more films i think it would make this easier and i'm totally okay doing it to put lover's rock as a lock for on this list i'm okay with that really i mean it sounds like it's it sounds like it spoke to you that's important yeah it's just beautiful it's like it's it it's perfect like i don't know yeah. it's just i haven't i feel pretty easily affected by things you know like sure. <laughs> i'm a fairly open vessel to whatever <laughs> movies want to do but i haven't seen something that's like so so filled with like motion and yeah. uh music and it's just like i've never seen anything like it and it was such a you're entirely transported into this one night and it feels like magical. Um, and it, I feel glad that like it exists in the world. Okay. How does it compare to Steve McQueen's other uh, stuff you think? I mean, just completely different because for the most part, it's not uh, extremely, extremely depressing. Like okay. I like his other stuff very much. I think I am a, a pretty decent fan of McQueen or at least the stuff of his I've seen. Um, And this again, it's like, yeah, it's people dancing to music they love and singing and partying together. Granted, there are like a few 
um, very sobering moments, but it's not hunger, you know, like it's not, yeah, you're not just being faced with, um, terrifying ills of humanity constantly. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Hmm. But I also love widows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I should say, God, widows is so good. Okay, we get it, God. (laughs) I know, but. You're always talking about widows. Yeah, it's so good. Um. Here's my idea. Mm-hmm. Name the two movies you would cut. Carly, go. Feels Good Man oh my and... God. You are the villain of this podcast. I know. <laughs> and either Host or Mank. No, you... no, no, no. Either Host or... Uh... Borat 2 or Mank. Final answer. So you named three? Yeah. We can't cut three, Kai. We can only cut two. <laughs> okay. Feels good, man. And Bora too. Michael, what would you cut? Host and tenant. Man. <laughs> I would cut Borat two and Mank. Is that what you said, Car? No, I said Borat two and Feels Good Man. Oh. <sighs> So can we get rid of Borat too? I think it sounds like the weather, the, the <laughs> winds are blowing. Uh, the winds are blowing and Borat 2's ship has sailed. So. Congrats for Borat 2 making it this far. <laughs> 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 Against all odds. But it kind of fits so oh, well, boy. though. Yeah. It is so a 2020 movie in a yeah. very literal way. Yeah. Or not literal way, but in like all of the ways it could be. Yeah. My finger icon is hovering over the red color, but Michael's talking about. <laughs> no, Borat I know, too. but like literally, like the movie could not exist in another year. Yeah. Like this. I, that's host though, and you want to yeah. get rid of host, Michael? No, because unfriended exists. But it's different because she has to go back for her mask. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sound of someone being convinced. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. There's no mention of masks anywhere in Unfriended or Unfriended 2. The dark web one. The dark web. <laughs> um. So none of us said Boys Tate, so shouldn't that be on the list? Yeah, I think it'd be... Yeah, it's just like... Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm, but if the trade-off is boys states there and feels good, man isn't. I'm. I don't feel right about that. But I don't. If yeah, but but you but I. I don't know. I don't think we can come away without boys state on there. Like that just feels insane. Boys state is an incredible movie that is also 2020. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Michael, but I don't know if we can think backwards like that because we yeah. all want it on there. So it should be on there. Yeah, but I feel like Feels Good Man taps into <laughs> something that even Boys State misses or yeah. really misses. I, I, I'm hey man, I'm you're, you're I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> I'm gonna can we get rid of Borad too? Yeah, we can get rid of Borad too. Let's get rid of Borad too. So we just need to cut one more movie, right? Yeah, this is hard. 
10. Ten's the obvious choice. Now hold on. Ten, Michael. it's right Michael, there. Michael, slow your roll a little bit. I know ten. It's uh, the obvious remember choice. Remember when up. the fire freezes the car the one time, but then they're inverted and the fire <laughs> at the airport doesn't freeze anyone? Uh uh-huh. uh. <laughs> Were they really inverted then? Hmm? <laughs> uh, they spun the top at the end and it didn't fall over. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon's on the planet, guys. I love that part. Michael, you're love describing the fourth dimension. <laughs> Michael, you're describing a scenario where host and feels good man stay on this list. So I'm having a real hard time arguing with you, man. <laughs> if we just I'm, cut Tenet, then host. I really don't want to cut Tenet. I would <sighs> rather get rid of host or Mank before Tenet. Mank would be my cut on this list. Poor Mank. Michael, where are you? How are you? Mm. But like, I'd want to watch Mank again. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'll never, never want to see Tenet again. again or host again for what that's worth. But I will almost. Uh, yeah, I'll watch all of them again. I love rewatching movies. Ah. <laughs> host is like 12 minutes long. You just fire it up while you're making yeah. dinner. Oh, I'll definitely rewatch host. There's no question there. Oh man. Okay, but like Tenet. The bad guy is just your stereotypical Russian. <laughs> yeah. You know, he totally bad is. Guy. Sator. 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 His name is Sator because they got Rotas. the idea from the Sator Square. Yeah. I, I Hmm. I think maybe Tenet's are cut car. Oh my god, you guys are But insane. it's to my benefit to cut Tenet. So. I know it is. <laughs> you stinker. Um, let me propose two scenarios and you guys tell me what you think. <clears throat> we cut Tenet and the last four are Boys Tate, Feels Good Man, Host, and Mank. Or we cut Host and the last four are Boys Tate, Feels Good Man, Tenet, and Mank. Which of these feels better to you? I'd rather cut Mank. Okay. So then that would be Boys Tate, Feels Good Man, Host, and Tenet? Yeah. I, like, I know. (sighs) Can I have my, like, quick two seconds on Feels Good Man? Sure. I, like, I think Feels Good Man is a very good movie. It does feel weird. Okay, like in the list making of this, it feels weird to have like two movies about the examination of angry white um yeah, ruining the world. Okay. And I think Boy State does it more thoroughly. Like the more I, th- uh, mm. the more I think about feels good man the like like the f- emotional stuff of Feels Good Man hit me harder than um, anything it's saying. Like, like, I don't know what it's telling me besides like telling the story of what happened, if that makes yeah. sense. And like, I feel like I, I, this is actually something I'm curious about. Like, do you think it does the story or like the reality a disservice to frame it so heavily on 
uh, like people in their mom's basement. You know, like I yeah. can't stop thinking about that because it's it is it's that, not, but it's also though. what well, do you mean? It, of the, it, yeah, it sucks because they get like two four channers and one is a dude in his parents' basement. And so they also either. explicitly talk about how like it's people in their mom's basement. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is a recurring thing again and again when in Meats. reality it's also like everyone yeah. <laughs> all these corporations and these extremely powerful people like making things happen. Yeah. And it feels so weird for that not to be more of it, I guess. I also think yeah. like there's I'm so like allergic to this world in every Same. single way and like i feel like this movie made me realize that even more where like this movie unlocked to me i think why i just like dislike adult animation which feels insane like anything that gets close to this world makes me so uncomfortable and upset and i think like that's just a personal problem in watching the movies like i don't want to spend any time around these people or with these thoughts like it's just so awful to me that's and the, like i know yeah. it's the point thing yeah. but it's just like it, it that's boys tate also it's like ugh. it mm. is there's like just enough like um pureness in some of the people in boys state where it's like you're reminded that they're kids sort of thing yeah for me to get on board I don't know. It's just yeah. like, I feel like we get so much of what all of the people that feels good man are s trying to do. Like, and yeah. I just get it. Like, I get the cartoonist. I get that he's creating something for um, stoners. Yeah. And like his buddies <laughs> and stuff. And then I also get these angry, angry men doing bad things. It's funny how it's always a documentary at the end of this process. They're always sitting there. <laughs> On the chopping block. Yeah, but I understand. Like, I think you both had a stronger reaction to "Feels Good Man" than I did. Yeah, I mean, I like "Feels Good Man" a lot more than "Boy State." Yeah. Boy State. Spent, Sorry, go ahead. No, just having spent time kind of in the 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 world's feel good feels good man tries to capture it. I've never seen it done that well. Just to put that yeah. out there. Yeah, like, no, I don't. I, I like. I, I. I've never seen that. I think it's tailoring on a on a very specific part of what Boy State takes kind of a more global view of, and I don't think I've ever seen it done as well as it was done in Feels Good Man, as far as being able to talk about, you know, how memes work, how how these things spread, what kind of, what's like the cultural give and take between these these between a cultural object once it hits the world yeah. and how much control you actually have over that can you change that and the reality is yeah but uh <laughs> and then on top of that being able to capture how how like these places where pepe became like the meme du jour right were also the places that really fostered a very specific part of trumpism in a very specific part of what we saw in 2016 not the whole thing because there's so much more going into that you're but and I think uh, Boy State does a better job of kind of giving that that more holistic view. But like there's there are specific things covered in Feels Good Man that I've never seen done anywhere near as well over the the four years of the Trump administration and 
before then when people were talking about the rise of like of of uh of uh, uh uh when people were first talking about 4chan and stuff like that in the mainstream press i don't think i've ever seen it done as well as it was done in feels good man yeah it just like shines a light on something that you don't like, there people allude to 4chan but you don't see like the actuality of 4chan a lot in media and it's really striking in a bad way when they just show pictures people have made and it's like yeah cartoonist guy doing the free pepe you know campaign and the people just start drawing swastikas all over it and like it's just like so depressing but i would rather see somebody cover that stuff in a way that feels true Rather than what I think Boys State is doing, which is constructing a narrative out of an event yeah. as it's happening, which didn't ring true to me in that same way. And that's something that I think has kind of circulated after Boys State was released, is that there was some, it's very much filmed to fit a certain narrative, or it's very much filmed to fit a certain uh, structure. And for the most part, it does that, I think, really well. But it does sound like there were things that were kind of left out. Like the the guy who ends up actually winning the governorship there um, was apparently a very likable and charismatic guy. It wasn't just that they were able to circulate this lie out there that oh, yeah. there was some kind of system <laughs> rigged, rigged against him. Ugh. And that's what did it. No, it was the part of it was also that he was just a likable guy, apparently. So that sort of left out in the boy state movie. So for the sake of being able to get this other this other point out there but uh um and i think just on the topic of feels good man i think we're seeing again that there's still this illiteracy as far as being able to cover kind of how things happen on the internet as people oh, try to yeah. cover the 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 game stop right yeah. uh, stop yeah. absolutely insanity yeah. so yeah. um guys mm-hmm. how about we cut host and walk away I feel like it's the well, Michael. You really don't like Tenet either, but I'm 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 ready to give up host. I guess I don't feel as strongly about it as I do the other. I movies. think I think I'm actually at the point where we could probably cut Mink, and I'd be okay with. It. I understand why Tenet mm. needs to be on this list. I just okay. don't like Tenet with a passion. If you told me before Such we did this movie, Mink wouldn't be on this list. I would call you crazy, but I think maybe the right call is to cut Mink. I, yeah, I'm okay with cutting Mank as well. <laughs> this is it, guys. This is the final decision. Are we cutting oh, Mank? Mank. Or are we cutting Mank? Bye, Gary Oldman. Okay. Bye, yeah, Gary okay. Oldman. That's all the convincing I need. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> all right. So, let me just update this here. No, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> I... I love how you, uh, yep. You both continue referring to boys' state as boys' Tate. <laughs> boys' Tate, even like vocally, like if you say the name, it's boys' Tate, not boys', boys Tate. Tate. <laughs> boys' Tate. Zoe Deutsch. Um, <laughs> uh, Ahem. the canonical. You know, if uh, <laughs> just just as a quick addendum, if the GameStop stock nonsense happened two months earlier, I could see yeah. Buffalo being on this list. Mm, uh, Buffalo is not a good enough movie to be on this list. I don't. I, 
<laughs> the last line is how they're going after hedge funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. This is not that great of a movie, though. I mean, oh, I but Deutsch! But Deutsch is in there. Um, guys, our, our 10 canonical films or limited event series <laughs> are I May Destroy You, The Five Bloods, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Lovers Rock, Always Tate, Feels Good Man, Host, and Tenant. Not what I expected. Not what I expected. But I love it. I think I'm this happy. is a really good list. Yes. This feels right to me. Yeah. I made me switch my man over boys. Crazy. <laughs> no, we're done. We're good. We're done. Goodbye. Woo! Goodbye, 2020 forever. Ugh. Yeah. And we'll do this again soon with 2021. Nomadland, is it on here? Minari? 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 If you had to guess right now one movie that's on this list or next year. Probably freaking Nomadland. Yeah, probably Nomadland. It could totally be a first cow, though, where it's like a movie we all like, or at least two of three of us like a lot that just like does it no but it is like i feel like there's some applicability to our time so i'll take that back uh i would say minari yeah Personally. oh i'm so excited for minari yeah. oh. i'm gonna say minions the rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> dune mayhaps mm. uh, oh matrix four is coming out this year matrix are you kidding four? me dude? oh my god yeah i'm excited yeah there's some good stuff theoretically coming out. The Little Things with Denzel Washington and Jared <laughs> yeah. Leto and Rami Malek. People are uh, not into my guy Rami in that. Hooray! <laughs> I've heard Judas and the Black Messiah is apparently amazing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, you guys, you freaking letterbox rah-rah session is <laughs> down the hall. We're done. See you in oh, 2021. Letterboxed. Thanks, Michael and Carly. Thank you. Thanks, Tucker. Thanks, Carly.